Oh yeah, welcome back if you've decided to come back at all. <laughs> um, I just felt like I needed to talk today. Had a bit of a bad day, really. Um, I can, I can just, I can just feel it. I've been really triggered today. My, my children have just been constant today, and. I know that's what I signed up for, but and I love them dearly, but they're just so constant sometimes. Somebody wants something all the time. And my son was particularly hard today. On and on and on and on at me. And there's no escape from your own children. It's not like work where you can go to work and then, you know, leave them, leave them with their parents at the end of the day. So today I um, thought I'd come on and just have a chat about how I was feeling. Today I'm feeling quite low um, after everything and I did try, I did try not to shout, I did try to kind of lift myself up out of it, I did. But today has been one intense day. So when I I got my booster, woohoo! Um, I feel fine, obviously. <laughs> I mean, not everybody's as lucky as me, and I, I normally react quite well to these things. I think I've got quite a good immune system anyway from working with children for so long. Um, so yeah, today I decided that I was, I was gonna make the gingerbread house with uh, my two, and. I thought this would be a good way for me to kind of, not snap out of it, but kind of help myself, like distract myself from the way that I was feeling. But if anything, I just made myself worse because my daughter kept trying to eat the sweets for the gingerbread house, which, you know, any child's going to do that. And, and my son kept telling her, no, 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 which, which made things worse because then she's like, why is he telling me no? You know what I mean? He's he's not mummy, he's not daddy, and they would just argue, and it just... I think if you're already in, in a sort of low state of mind, it's very difficult to cope with, with things like that. And, like, you know, on a good day, when I'm not feeling, feeling low and feeling anxious or, or whatnot, then I cope with these situations absolutely fine. And I think I just needed to come on and just reminded myself that although today's been a bad day, tomorrow might not be. And I always forget that I have good days, you know, because they're good days. You forget the good things. When you have these bad days, it's like, it's like they go on forever. You can't see, like I was saying before, you can't see see the sunshine today's one of those days which is really sad really and of course I was really paranoid I think it was my mental health my mental health was telling me lots of lies today he was telling me that I was a bad mum because I was shouting at my son he was telling me I was a bad mum for not spending enough time with them and even parents who don't suffer from mental illness find it difficult 
to be a parent. It's the hardest job I've ever had to do. You know, it's it's really hard, but on the other hand, it's so rewarding to have these two little people who love you so much and, you know, they think you're the most beautifulest, wonderfulest mummy. I always get told I'm the bestest mummy or I'm the beautifulest mummy. And I know that they love me a lot and that just, I mean, even just speaking about how much I love them makes me feel feel sort of better, you know. I do, I I absolutely adore my children and they're so funny, they make me laugh all the time, that I think that's down to me and their father, like we have such a goofy, goofy family that we, we laugh a lot in this house and again that's something that I forget, like we have more fun than we don't, you know, we have more good days than we don't have, you know, good days and and when it's a, a bad day, it's like I've said, I've said, and you'll probably hear me say lots and lots of times that when you do have those bad days, it's really difficult to kind of um, lift yourself up out of those, really. So I thought I would uh, try and cover a bit more about why I think I'm the way I am today. I'm not saying I've had a traumatic childhood or anything like that but it was traumatic to me you know and I know everybody experiences things differently so my mum was an alcoholic um, and she was an alcoholic for many 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 years thankfully a lot has changed now especially in the last four years um, but of course I am 36 and she has been an alcoholic for as long as I can remember, like way back when, when, you know, you take your kids to, to the park, she would have, she would have alcohol in the boot and I'd open the boot to get the ball or the bat and the ball or whatever and it'd be there and I, I never thought nothing of it really. I thought that, oh, I'm holding the mic, you see, on these, um, headphones, so you're probably going to hear a lot. I do apologise. Hopefully you don't. So yeah, um, we used to go to the park and she'd have cider in the boot. Now, alcoholism does run in my family. My uncle died of it uh, two years ago. Two years ago now. Um, it's basically a slow suicide, isn't it? Because you're, you're poisoning your body. Uh, now, I'm not some sort of health freak or anything, but, you know... You know that alcohol poisons you, and it disrupts, disrupts? I know what I'm trying to say. All the cells and everything in your body and makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do, say things that you don't normally say. So my mum would be pretty um, nasty when she'd be drinking, and there was always a routine to it as well. And it got particularly bad when uh, myself, my husband, and my son moved in with my parents because we were trying to open our own little business and we were there for 18 months and I swear to, I swear it was the worst 18 months of my life I felt like I did not live at all and that was at the time when I I did feel suicidal I did want to I remember driving to work and I thought I'll just I'll just drive the car off the cliff I'll just do it 
then I realised my son was in the back and I was like, I can't do this, you know, my, this person in the back needs me. So my son, my son saved me that day. And I'll be forever grateful for fate, for him being in the back of the car with me. Because otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have the life that I have now. I wouldn't have a daughter either. I wouldn't have my son or my husband. So anyway, I digress. <clears throat> so she would be really nasty. I'm not going to go into details, but, you know, she would lie, um, hide things, and I would always be on the lookout, always on edge, and I would know, even before I got into the house that she'd had, she'd been drinking. And we used to have so many conversations about it, and I would be really nasty to her because... You know, she was nasty to me. She was nasty to my sister and my father. And I made sure that she never forgot how much she hurt me. The next day, I would never stop talking about it because I'm like, I'm not going to let you forget it. I want you to feel ashamed. I want you to feel how you made me feel last night. I want you to know how much you've disappointed me. And that's what I would do. It turned me into quite a nasty person, I think. I wouldn't be nasty to anybody else, but I was very angry, a very angry young person. And this was, gosh, from my teens on up. And your teens are such a, a critical age. You know, you're developing your adult brain. You're going through so many emotions and you're starting to become interested in relationships and all that sort of stuff. And this, this part of my life shaped me, I think, for for being anxious, for the what ifs, oh, I must do this, I have to do that, I should have done that, you know. And I always thought, why, why wasn't I good enough for her to stop drinking? Why wasn't I good enough? What was so wrong with me that I, that I wasn't good enough? I wasn't good enough for her to stop. She obviously didn't love me enough to stop. Now I know, I know she does love me. I know she does, and I know she loves my sister too. But that's how it felt, because your actions speak louder than words, don't they? The way you are with people, the way you are to each other speaks volumes. So I genuinely believed that I wasn't enough. And that kind of stuck with me, I think, for, for a very long time. You know, I would, I would search for the bottles. I need evidence, I need proof, I have to. I was always on edge, I was always on that fight or flight mode because I had to be ready. I had to be ready for what if she was drinking. And that kind of never really switched off as I got older. And it kind of calmed down a little bit once I moved out um, and found my husband. Um, obviously we got our own place together, we had a child, got married and all that sort of stuff. And then four years ago, I remember it like it was yesterday. My This was the day that I'd said no more and I was going to cut her off. My dad rang me and it was, it was either Thursday or Friday night. And he rang me and he thought my mum had had a stroke. And she, she refused to go to the hospital. And I remember it. I remember her being put on the phone and I was like, You bitch. You've been drinking. Look what you've done now. 
you know, oh, I'm still, you know, I'm in my 30s and she still can't stop. She can't even stop for me, she can't stop for her grandchildren, she, you know, it was just very, very negative I was. And I I, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll play along, I'll play the game, I'll, I'll play along. So I spoke to her on the phone and I could just tell straight away that she was off her face on, on alcohol. And I said, don't worry, Dad, I'll be around in a minute. And when I got there, I could smell alcohol. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to tell these paramedics what dickhead you are. And that they're wasting their time because you're a drunk. So I did. I thought, you're not going to get away with this. Somebody else outside the family needs to know what you're doing. Needs to know what you're putting us through. You haven't had a stroke. You're wasting these people's time. They could be helping somebody else. You know? Part of me... I hate to say it. I thought I would be better off if she if she did pass away from it. And there were times where I had hoped for it too. Which is a really evil thing to say. Really nasty, isn't it? But that's the way it made you feel. So anyway, she refused to go to the doctors and the whatnot. And she's like, oh no, it's probably my epilepsy, it's probably my I'm just tired, I'm just tired. So I said to her, I went round the next day after it had happened, and I said, that's it now. If you don't stop, I'm taking my son away from you and you'll never see him again. And that was it. That was the last thing I'd said, because I was so fed up of having the same conversation, the same arguments, you know. It took me a very, very long time to pluck up the courage to say that, because at the end of the day, it's your family, isn't it? It's your mother, you get... I loved her. I do love her. But this this story has a has a very happy ending, although it started horribly. She um about oh gosh, like two years ago, uh, before my daughter was born, because she's two. She suffered um, some chest pains, and of course she smokes as well. So she got rushed to the hospital and she ended up with a blood clot the size of a 50 pence piece in her lungs. And that kind of woke her up. She immediately stopped smoking, she immediately stopped drinking. And so much so that, you know, I've got my mum back. And it's been so nice, so lovely to have this person that I never in my wildest dreams thought I would ever trust her again. Ever. That's a big thing for me. You know, I even, for the past um, eight, nine months now, I've let her pick up my son. And there's no way in hell I would ever let her do that before. Ever. You know, we talk, we laugh together now. And we share, and she worries about me, which she never did before. And she just messages me out the blue, and I don't ever feel let down by her anymore. I'm not disappointed by her anymore. And just as I would always tell her how much she did disappoint me, every opportunity I have to tell her that I'm proud of her for how far she's come, I tell her. 
and I tell her I love her and I tell her how proud I am of her for making that change because now I have my mum back and it's the best feeling ever to be able to have somebody that you can or have a parent rather that you trust because I couldn't trust her for for years, at least 25 years. So, as I got older, or had a, as I had children, this these feelings and mental health got worse for me. And I think it's because I never really dealt with it. I never really dealt with everything that happened with my mum. I had a traumatic birth with my son. He was emergency C-section. Same with my daughter. Um, then I had an operation earlier this year and I've never really decided to spend time on me to fix me, you know I'm always ready to help somebody else make somebody else smile but I never really thought well, how do I make myself smile, you know how do I help me so yeah, I never, never really thought about myself like that and that I'm not good enough that I was talking about earlier kind of resonates with no, wait a minute I am, I am good enough you know I had a realisation during my therapy sessions that the reason I feel like I need to be there all the time for my children that I have to need to think about every possibility that I need to look after them and do activities and make sure they have the best time is because my mum was never really there for me she was never there for me so therefore I remember making a promise to myself that I was never going to let my children feel the way that I felt I was never going to let my children be disappointed in me and somewhere along the lines that's the lines between Being a good parent and my mental health has um, has blurred, I think. And I've gone too far the other way. I've gone, I do too much. I do, you know, um, I, I make myself overwhelmed even when I don't need to make myself overwhelmed. And then that snowballing effect that I, I have where a small problem will start and then it will snowball and snowball and snowball and go on and on and on. And before you know it, it's like, ah! gonna run away I need to go I need to leave everybody just leave me alone and then once I realized that I was the way that I am because my mum wasn't there for me I'd never felt the sort of peace that I felt and like my therapist said that's something that you can't unknow you'll know that forever you'll realize that forever like when I think of how, what sort of mum I am compared to all the things that my mum used to do, I think, oh my gosh, I'm an amazing mum. My children are happy, they're clean, they're well fed, we have fun, we laugh, they have the best time. Even just doing random stuff like, I don't know, counting the Christmas lights on the way home. You know? You know, since since uh, me and my mum have been 
better. I, I go around and see her once a week. I take the children, we have Sunday dinner together and it's, it's lovely. It's really nice. So yeah, that's a little bit about my, my realisation almost, that why I am the way I am. I almost ended up the same way. Almost. Like back when I was like 20, 25, I would go out drinking a lot and I would get so off my face, I would not remember what was happening. And I'm ashamed to say that I would have wet myself because lose lose power lose control wouldn't you because if you drink that much then that's what happens I'm so proud to say that I haven't ended up like that and I have an amazing husband that is always there for me always and he looks after me and he always wants what's best for me and even after the 20 years that we've been together we still make each other laugh and he still loves me and I still love him so anyway I really am now waffling on far too much um, but I feel much better now I feel much better than what I did when I first began um, and again I'm just sat on my bed in my bedroom in my house I put my children to bed it's lovely and quiet and I'm about to go downstairs, have a cup of tea, uh, maybe some Christmas chocolates, and watch The Witcher. If you haven't watched that yet, you need to watch it. It's amazing. I love stuff like that. And we love Henry Cavill anyway. But yeah, um, I think I'll leave it there. Um, well done for getting this far. I hope I made sense and I didn't waffle on too much. Um, that's my favourite word, I think. Waffling waffle 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 it sounds so funny anyway that's it from me um if you're here next time great if not again this is just this is just for me um and if i happen to help people along the way then that's great too okay thank you very much for listening bye bye also i know i say goodbye but it feels like i'm leaving really weird voicemails for somebody like, you know, you have, like, your voicemail voice and you go, Hello, my name is so-and-so. Please get back to me on blah, 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 blah. Okay, bye. That's how I feel when I'm talking into this. I feel like I'm leaving somebody a really long voicemail. <laughs> and that they'll probably get into two minutes to be like, Ugh, she hasn't left her phone number. I ain't going to bother getting back to her. Anyway, I really am going this time. Bye-bye.